We're going to continue this this morning in this series we launched last week entitled entitled Storms. And and for some of you right now, that might be a word that you describe describes your life, where you're at in this moment. You might be going through a difficulty, an adverse circumstance or situation. And, and if you're not in one of those right now, here's the reality of it. You better get ready because it will come, right? It, it will come. It's kind of like ocean waters. They ebb and flow. And sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of a storm and sometimes we're, we're out of that storm. But, 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 but if we know that storms are an, an inevitable part of our lives, if we know that they will come, wouldn't it be great for us to kind of be prepared? for when they do come. So that when, we, when they do come and when we do experience them, we're able to face them with maybe just a little bit of a different perspective. And so last week, we, we began to unpack this a little bit. And, and one of the things that we shared with you last week, if, if you missed it, we, go back and, and, and rewind the tape and watch it. But one of the things that we shared was, was not all storms mean that you're out of God's will. And for some of us, maybe we've been taught or told by someone, uh, because you're in a difficult situation, uh, you just must have some sin issue. Well, hello, theologian. The Bible says we all have a sin issue, right? For all have sin, right? We all are eat up with that. Now, now I know that sometimes maybe some of these storms, and we talked about this last week, are for correction to maybe get us back to where we need to be with our creator, God. But, but not all storms are storms of correction. Some are storms of perfection. Remember the illustration how a pearl is made. It's something beautiful, but it goes through a difficult process becoming beautiful. And for some of us, there's a refining that maybe takes place in the midst of a storm. Are you with me there? So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're out of God's will and you're a bad person. We're all eat up with sin. Scripture says that. But sometimes these storms that we go through are for our perfection. And, and, and I was also reminded that what we call danger, Jesus sometimes calls safety. We looked at a story last week where, where, where Jesus put the disciples in a boat and he sent them out into the water and, 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 and this storm came up and you remember the story where, where they looked out, they're being tossed and, and they see a ghost coming out to them walking on the water. You see what we call waves, Jesus calls pavement and he was walking towards them in the midst of the storm but it was him, remember that story? If you, it's a great story and, and sometimes I just think that, well let, let's just be honest, God knows some stuff, doesn't doesn't he? And he knows more than we do. And he's able to see a bigger picture. And sometimes he may send us into a storm exactly for our safety. We're going to talk more about that here in a little while today at another instance um, from scripture. But, but storms, they'll come. We'll all face them. And how will we face them? We believe that not only can you survive storms in life that come, but I believe that you can actually thrive as well. Are you with me there today? You know, when we think about storms, we think of clouds, we think of high winds. We saw our, our, our TVs were plastered with images of, of, of the bomb cyclone or whatever that took place throughout Colorado and the Midwest this week. Did you see the image this week of the 18-wheeler in the panhandle of Texas being blown over by about 90-mile-per-hour winds? I saw images from the camp that we attend in, in, in Colorado, big pine trees blown over just from the force of a wind, right? Uh, and and, 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 and 
storms can be devastating. I, I remember when I was early on in ministry, I, I used to like to think that, man, because I'm in Christ, I'm insulated from trouble and struggle and difficulties. I, 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 you know, I, I might have one here or there, but could it just be like maybe for 30 minutes and then everything's okay and the sun comes back out and, and everything's all right? Kind of like the Truman Show. Somebody just flips the switch and cue the sun. You remember that show, right? Um, but 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 I was I was messed up. I don't get enamored with people or celebrity really, except for one person in the course of my lifetime. I'm just going to be transparent and honest with you. Okay, I love Taylor Swift. No, I'm just kidding. It's not her, <laughs> not her. But when I was early on in ministry, a young pup out of college trying to, to, to begin ministry, there, 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 was, there was an artist in the Christian music world that, that, that became one of my favorites, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Don't make me start singing some of it. Had an opportunity, my wife took me for Christmas, took me to see him a few weeks back. It was awesome and I was like, <laughs> I was like that kid. That kid, you know. Anyway, no, I wasn't. But, but Stephen Curtis Chapman, I love his music, love his songs. And, but, but he wrote a song several years ago, a few years early on in my ministry that really jacked me up, messed me up. Because we like to think that things with God, just like those that we baptize today, it's always easy, peachy, things, the, the ball always bounces away. But reality, it's not like that. And, and, and they, they did a redo of a, of a great devotional book by Oswald Chambers called My Utmost for His Highest. Anybody? I've read that for years. And, and they did an updated version. And what they did is they asked Christian artists to record a song that might go along with one of those readings within this great devotional book. Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a song that, that was entitled this, Sometimes He Comes in the Clouds. Ooh, I don't like that. You know, what do you mean? And, and, and the song talks about how oftentimes when we're looking for God or we're trying to find an answer or we're trying to find our way in the world, we look to scripture and we're a big proponent of God's word. Amen. Do you read the Bible? You should. I believe it contains the answers that we need through life. Okay, now so I'm gonna tell you maybe what specific college you should go to. Somebody told me years ago, I don't believe in the Bible because I've been praying about what college to go to and he didn't illuminate one. Well, there are other scriptures that I directed that individual to, and that's great. But yeah, it doesn't speak to a specific college, um, but, but, but God's word is great. But, but sometimes we look to God's word, and for some of us, when we're in the midst of a storm, we don't find an answer. And we're the type of people that, that want an answer, and we want it real quick, right? We want that. Sometimes maybe we surround ourselves with other people in our lives that love us and care for us and desire the very best for us. Wise counsel. He who walks with the wise, scripture says, grows wise, Right? Wise rubs off on wise, but also scripture says foolishness rubs off on, on you as well if you're not careful. But, but, but sometimes you don't find the answer we're looking for. And so when I, when I hear this song that sometimes God comes in clouds, it, it, really, it really threw me back for a moment. I just didn't understand what that was all about. But over the course of walking with Jesus now for years and over the course of experiencing life, real life here on earth and still experiencing his presence even in the midst of difficult times and darkness and clouds and storms, the reality is that sometimes he does come in the clouds and we may not be able to see him. Clouds sometimes obstruct our view. It's like, where's the sun? Well, the sun is still there. It's just behind the clouds. It's still there. And it will shine, but what are we to do in the midst of that? You know, I'm reminded in the Bible that the Bible speaks of clouds quite a bit. In fact, in Revelation chapter one, verse seven, it says, look, he comes with the clouds of heaven. 
Right, one, well, what that verse is meaning is that John's prophesying is that one day Jesus will return through the clouds. He will return and make things right and call those who belong to him home to be with him in eternity forever. Do you believe that? He, he, he will do that. And it's interesting to me because this is also looking back in Matthew when Jesus issued this thing called the Great Commission. It says that the, he was taken up and he was taken up in a in a cloud. He, he left earth in that and he will return to earth one day through a cloud. We know that in the cloud in the Old Testament, a cloud was used as the children of Israel were wandering through the wilderness, right? Trying to find their way, right? A cloud protected them sometimes. We know that in the temple worship, that, that or the tabernacle, there would be a cloud that would descend. The cloud was symbolic of what? The presence of God. Wow, isn't that great to think about clouds from that perspective? To think that maybe you're going through a difficult, stormy season of life that might be clouded. But even in the midst of that, oh, hang on, because God is still with you in the midst of that. Are you with me today? Clouds represent protection. They represent the presence of God. Clouds are the sorrows, maybe the sufferings or the providential circumstances within or, or, or without our personal lives that, that can actually sometimes, as it did for me, they just seem to contradict the sovereignty of God. If God is for me and not against me, why then the clouds? Why the struggle? Why the difficulty? Yet what I've come to understand and probably what many of you could bear witness to in this room today or watching us online is that it's through these very clouds that the Spirit of God is teaching us how to walk by faith with Him. I can't see Him, but He's there. And in the midst of that cloud, my faith is being perfected. Listen, if there were never any clouds in our lives, I believe we would be people of little or no faith. In the book of Nahum, many of you are going, what did you just say? Yeah, it's really a book in the Bible. In Nahum chapter one, verse three, it says the billowing clouds are the dust beneath his feet. You see, the clouds are a sign that God is there. Isn't that great news? To know that in our sorrow, in our loss, even in the midst of our suffering, that the clouds actually represent and remind us about the presence of God. He comes in the clouds. That might just change someone's perspective today over the struggle or difficulty that you're facing. We all go through times of grief. We all have those times of great sorrow, maybe even loss. But I'm telling you, even in those moments, I believe there is a growing and a perfecting of our faith that God wants to bring in us and do through us. And here's what I've come to discover that when, I, when, I dis, when that cloud diminishes, when it disappears, oh man, when you look back and you can see how God has brought you through a difficult place, man, don't you just praise him stronger? Don't you just honor him and give him greater glory? Because Jesus Christ has been revealed to us in a new and exciting way. Amen. I want to read to you about another storm and, 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 and about a difficulty and about how faith can be strengthened. We're going to look in the Bible today. Are you guys okay with that? Awesome. In the book of Mark, if you have your Bibles, turn there. We're going to be in Mark chapter four today. 
Just as we looked at last week, we're, we're, we're gonna find that, that the disciples, these followers of Jesus, find themselves once again in the midst of a storm. This is a different story, different, but, but, but just listen to these words in Mark chapter four, beginning in verse 35. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. They had been ministering all day, preaching, teaching about the kingdom of God and, 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 and they're tired. It's, it's probably getting dark. Uh, it it might've been daylight savings time and they lost an hour, you know? Uh, who knows? But they're tired from ministry. And Jesus says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although there were other boats that followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Any of you guys, uh, any, any boaters in the house today, you know that water in the boats not good. A little doesn't hurt, right? But, but if it begins to take on water, you're in, you're in difficulty. That's what's happening here. And these boats, by the way, I don't know if you've ever gotten a glimpse of these boats. You, you ought to go to Israel with us sometime. I'll show you what they were. But these boats weren't made for, you know, three-hour tours. They weren't made for that. They were made to get these guys out just far enough to the honey holes where they could fish, catch their, their livelihood, and get back in. They weren't they weren't uh, seafaring vessels, you might say. They weren't bent, built for winds and waves and, and high winds. They, 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 they often remind me of, of just a very hollow-hulled canoe that we might experience today, okay? Something like that. So there's this storm happening. Now, unlike the story we looked at last week, there's a little bit different situation here. Jesus is in the boat with these guys in, in Mark chapter four. It says in verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Jesus. In the midst of a storm, you're sleeping on a cushion in the back of, just kick back. Just, we got this. The disciples woke him up shouting as you would too, teacher, don't you care what, that we're going to drown? Verse 39 says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, or some translations say peace. Be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Mm. Then Jesus asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Holy Spirit, take over this moment right now. Encourage our souls and our spirit through this story and reminder today. Because God, some of us right now are in a difficult situation and we wonder if there's any hope. Thank you for this reminder that with Jesus, there is hope. The disciples are in Mark chapter four here are with Jesus in a boat 
unlike the story we looked at last week where Jesus put them in a boat and he kind of went up into the mountain to pray. Jesus is now with him in this boat crossing the Sea of Galilee. And as was common with the Sea of Galilee, um, uh, it, it could be calm and serene at, at any moment, but then in just, in just a matter of minutes, the, 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 the weather can change. It's this, this, this lake is, is surrounded by, by mountains and, and, and storms come up over those ridges and, and what is calm and peaceful can become very tumultuous, can become very violent. I've actually seen this. When we were in Israel in January, we, we had a, a, a morning cruise on the Sea of Galilee and we're in a boat and we're worshiping Jesus and, you know, Leo, DiCart- Leo DiCaprio moment, you know, on the front of the boat. I'm just worshiping and it's peaceful, it's calm and it's serene. I didn't understand what could happen in Mark chapter four until about five hours later. When I came back across that same area of water, not on a boat, but on the dry land and saw these waves that were just crushing the seaside. Darkness had, had engulfed this what was once a beautiful, calm situation. That's what's happening here in Mark chapter four. Jesus and the disciples are in a boat and there's a fierce storm that comes upon them. Now the text doesn't say which disciples are with Jesus. It doesn't necessarily even say how many are there. Researchers would probably say there, there might've been four because those boats just didn't carry large numbers of people. But these were seasoned fishermen in this boat. These men were were quite familiar, you might say, with with the ways of the sea. This definitely was probably not their first squall on the Sea of Galilee. This was where they lived. This was was where they, 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 they fished. They, they understood that conditions could change. They knew that this region was known for the storms and the rage that those storms could produce. But in Mark chapter four, we find something interesting, that even these professional fishermen were frightened by this storm. I'm sure they had seen storms before. They, they knew that this was, was commonplace there. But even here in Mark, they're frightened by this storm. In fact, it says they're, they're so frightened, they think they're gonna die. You ever been there? You've been in a situation, you've been so afraid that you think you might not survive. Where's God in the midst of all this? Did, did, did God not care about these disciples here in Mark chapter four? I mean, these were guys that had been handpicked by Jesus. These are probably the ones in the boat with him that he's closest to. Had they not just demonstrated incredible obedience to Jesus as they were ministering to the multitudes of people that day, maybe even multiple days, they had done everything he had asked of them. They were fulfilling the requirements of what it means to be a disciple. And now he tells them, hey, I want you to go to the other side of the lake. Even there, they're saying, okay, we'll go. We'll get in the boat and we'll go. Why then was there such this turbulent time in their lives? They're his chosen men. They're fulfilling and doing the things he's called them to do. But now a storm comes to their lives. You see, it's just a reminder that no one is exempt from the storms of life. We're not. 
But just as we find here in Mark chapter four that these disciples who initially feared the storm, they, they were afraid. I believe that, that, that after Jesus re, re, calms the wind and rebukes them for their little faith, I, I believe that, 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 that their faith in Christ maybe grew a little bit stronger that day. You see, I believe that that's the same thing that happens with us, that we sometimes go through difficulties. We face struggles or mountains to overcome. We face these difficulties, these storms, because the storms we face can also, just as it did in Mark chapter four, bring us to a deeper knowledge as to who God is. How many of you, by a round of applause, would say, you know what, I can relate to that. I can relate to a time when I faced myself a difficult situation, but in the midst of that, God made me better as a result of it, right? You know, we used to sing a song back in the day called Refiner's Fire. And the song says, my heart's one desire is to be made holy. Well, you know what happens in a refiner's fire? There's pounding, there's extreme heat, there's difficulty that comes with that. We don't like to think about that aspect of our faith. But as many of you have already given testimony to today, that it's sometimes through these adverse circumstances in life that we are perfected. Not all storms are for correction. Some storms are for perfection. Listen, if you find yourself in a storm today, I want you to know that you just hang on because I believe that God is doing something in you right now. He's molding you. He's chiseling off some rough spots. He's breathing newness in, and he's gonna use you for greater things to come. Listen, he's not done with you. And you hang on to Jesus. You trust him. You trust him. Jason, you don't know my situation. You're right, I don't. But God does. And he's there in the midst of that storm with you. But have you ever wondered where God is in the midst of that? Maybe someone right, God, where are you? I've done the things you've called me to do. I love you. I'm serving you. Maybe you've had a difficult time. Maybe you've been in a, in a certain situation that brought upon your life such tremendous pain or, or even a, a great loss. Maybe you've wondered where in the world is God? Come on, I hear you say, if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm just telling you, I need the God that's for me to show up right now because there's some stuff coming against me. Why is all this happening? Have you ever been there? Where is he? The truth of the matter is, in this world, we will all have trouble. We will all have struggle. Jesus says so in John 16, In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We're not immune from pain or loss. We will experience difficulties and struggles and setbacks. There will be relationship issues. Isn't that encouraging? I mean, the disciples in Mark 4 find themselves in a storm. Jesus, after they awaken him, he speaks to that storm. Silence. Be still. Can you imagine? The sermon he preached with just those three words. They're afraid that they're going to die. And they begin to, to say, in fact, I believe it says, who is this, they say, that even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, he's God. 
He's God of all things. There is nothing outside his capacity or grasp. He is more than able to step in, whether that be disciples in Mark 4 or whether that be you in 2019. You see, God still accomplishes his will despite storms. And I'm especially encouraged in Mark chapter four about the apostles' lack of faith. It reminds me that even those that were the closest to him, that walked this earth with him, that saw his miracles, that were firsthand recipients of the messages he spoke, I I love that it was still difficult for them to have 100% strong faith every day. Isn't that encouraging to us? Because I don't know about you, but there are some good days and bad days, aren't there? Even when it comes to faith, there are some days in which I really feel close to Jesus. And I'm telling you, there are some days in which I like, whoa, this week's been a struggle for me. I'm just gonna be honest. And I've wondered, God, where are you in the midst of all this mess? Where are you? And I'm telling you, something beautiful happens when you pause and you reflect and you get away from the noise and you just focus on him and he begins to speak. You know, he says, he says, hey, I got this. I'm still here and I've got you. Watch me work. (laughs) If Jesus could rescue these disciples in the midst of that storm, do we not believe that he's more than able to rescue us from the storms that we will face in everyday life? Do do, do we believe that maybe sickness that you're enduring today or the loss of a job, maybe the marriage problems that you're experiencing, maybe even the loss of a loved one, do we believe that even in the midst of that, Jesus is still perfecting and working out our faith in a greater way? You see, I believe that these difficulties, these cloudy moments that we face in life are actually opportunities for Jesus to show up and strengthen and deepen our faith, refining us in that process. It'd be great if the days were always sunny, but the reality is clouds roll in. You know, there have been some days in my life that I would label over the course of my 48 years. I know, I don't look that old, but... uh, There there have been some days that I would label that have been dark days in my life. There have been hurts and pains. There's been struggles in my life. And and I just begin this week to kind of play through what and and remember some of those moments. Listen, I know what it's like to have self-image issues. I I, I know what it's like not to be accepted or, or chosen first. I know personally what it's like to feel alone. I know what it's like to experience divorce between your mama and your daddy. I know what it's like not to have the ideal job. I know what it's like to to struggle financially. Hey, I know what it's like to have a health scare. But even in these dark days, I count it all joy. Because I can look back now and see how in those dark days, God was refining me. 
He was preparing me for the rest of my life. And he may be doing that in you right now. I want to ask our ministry team to come and join me down front today. And I've asked the band to to also come back out because I just just really feel like today that there are some people in this room that are going through a a difficult, dark time. And and maybe just this reminder today in Mark chapter 4 is just a reminder that, that, that even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the cloud, God is still present with us. And so here's what I asked Pastor Chach and the bandit and said, hey, I want us to come back out and I just want us to have a time of ministry over over people this morning. And and you're free to sit. You can stand if you want to in a moment, but but the band's going to begin to sing. You can join them if you want to, but maybe you're also here today saying, you know what? I'm in the midst of a difficulty right now. And, 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 And I could just use some covering or some prayer or a word of encouragement. As I deal with this storm that I'm facing, listen, I wonder how we might live differently if we could see our storm or the cloud a little bit different today. Can can we begin to have a mind shift that, that says, you know what, even though I'm in the midst of something difficult, it's still well with my soul. That even in the midst of adversity and struggle, I still will rejoice in God, my Savior. It is well.